0: Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uctana, and today we'll be looking at how our bodies are the conduit by which Akashic energy and wisdom are manifested into the physical world. Akasha is the raw material which creates and animates your body. In other modalities, it's known as prana, or chi. It's the natural habitat of the soul, the nourishment it requires, the means by which universal wisdom is communicated to us, how our experiences inform the universe, and how we manifest ourselves and our desires into being on the physical plane. Our bodies are made from akasha and are continuously forming and releasing in order to maintain the perfect habitat for our soul. Our soul is intimately connected with our body in ways too intricate to unravel and only releases when the body is materially damaged enough that linkage becomes tenuous, either through old age, pre-arrangement, accident, or malice. The body is not some physical symbol of the soul, but the most perfect way in which it can manifest in this lifetime, in order to meet its embodied objectives. These goals might not be for a healthy, easy, or uncomplicated life, so physical impairments aren't necessarily an indication of an imperfect or malfunctioning body. Akasha, prana, chi runs through the body in two main directions, top to bottom and bottom to top. The akasha coming into the crown of our head is the raw material we use to manifest. It's informed and transformed as it passes through our body until it's released out into the world through our choices and actions. The akasha coming into the soles of our feet is manifested energy which carries the nourishment of the embodied earth matrix we live in, giving us the experiences of all we are interconnected with, being transformed by us, carrying all of our experiences back into the universe to aid in its becoming. This is what acupuncturists are needling at the extremities when helping us to release blocks or rebalance our essential nature. It's what we tap into when we work with our chakras, when we connect with kundalini, when we meditate to connect with our essential or higher self, and when we practice yoga in order to activate our best and most healed self. The body is a conduit of akasha, and works with it in a variety of ways, both practical and symbolic. It's good to remember the mind, emotions, and soul are not separate from the body, nor is the body a meat suit we're wearing. All of these aspects are us, and work interconnectedly within an embodied life. Most people have heard how there are two general aspects to the mind, what is termed the left versus the right brain. The left is considered logical, problem-solving, goal-driven, and therefore tends to look for linear short-term solutions, but seeks to understand long-term knowledge in order to prevent problems and so on. The right brain is creative. It seeks to remove or avoid limits, to experience rather than analyze, to let go of structures such as time or space, to look for what is possible, see the potential, and experience or express emotions which are relevant to the situation. What people don't recognize is these two aspects of mind control the two sides of the body, left and right. The left brain controls the right side of the body, hence the energy which is expressed there. This is where we utilize Akasha to manifest our practical sides. Our right side gets us to work, gets us through the necessary items of the day, helps us at least be in harmony with all of our responsibilities, if not in control of them, and makes everything which needs to get done, get done, including manifesting new projects and opportunities. It's where we make good decisions about what to do next, how we take steps in the world to manifest our best and highest good, and turn our spiritual path into an expressed exterior reality. The right brain, on the other hand, controls the left side of our body, where we open ourselves to relationship, community, and friendship. Our left side is where we practice our spirituality as a personal path, where we allow ourselves to be vulnerable in order to connect, where we receive spiritual message, feel the richness of all the world has to offer, get inspired, come up with crazy, creative, mind-blowing ideas, and become family. Our left side is enriched by and creates art, seeks the best living situations for us, yearns for acceptance, to be validated, and most of all, to be loved. These are not just concepts or ephemeral things, but manifestations of our soul and the akasha which flows through us, and so affects how our bodies function in the world. For many, their life force flows fairly free through the front of their body and the limbs on their right side. The right side limbs and joints might even suffer from overuse, as Western culture continues to focus not on quality of life, but how much life as product we can achieve. At the same time, the left side can seem inadequate, lagging, less capable, or even suffer repeated injuries. We tend to think of this as clumsiness and just not paying attention, but usually these are actually meant as a wake-up call for us to see how we are becoming negatively imbalanced in our lives concerning connection, community, self-care, or path. One of the clearest and easiest examples of how the two sides work is the hug. There are different types of hugs depending on the social situation and the people involved. Each of us is both radiating and being irradiated by the energy of those around us. Humans have multiple energy centers where this energy exchange can be facilitated, a bit like an Akashic form of Legos. A full body, both arms around the torso hug, aligns these areas so we click with the other directly for a moment. However, there are some situations, many in fact, where this is less than desirable. In these situations, we don't do a full body hug, but instead twist our body to the left. This brings our right side, the practical, logical, problem-solving side, into contact with the other person, forcing them through social pressure and instinct to do the same. This is usually accompanied with the brief squeeze and right-handed back pat and promotes a quick withdrawal. With someone we care about and cherish, we often do the opposite. When we want to show how much we care about someone, we hug them to our left side, closest to our heart. We bring someone who is suffering into our left side, hold children on our left hip, hug crying babies to our left shoulder, and so on. Ostensibly, this is because we're right-handed and want that hand free to do other things, But in actuality, we want to envelop this other being in us and promote connection versus action. We might even think of these two sides as being versus doing. The ultimate goal, in general, for an embodied life is for both sides to be equal, just like when learning to dance or do yoga or tai chi. You need to learn both directions work with both sides, and use both limbs equally to promote balance and wholeness. The two sides shouldn't be at war with each other. However, most people struggle to create balance in their lives, and this shows in the body. There's another way in which the body works with Akasha, and this is front to back. As we're visual beings, walk upright so our limbs swing forwards, and the majority of our distinguishing features are in the front, our energy is often focused mainly on what is in front of us. We're even told to be in the moment, look forward, don't look back, keep our eyes on the future, and so on. However, there is a great deal going on energetically in the back of our bodies which deserves our attention. Our nerves which carry tremendous amounts of information and energy, travel inwards from all areas of the body into the spine. This makes the back quite sensitive, not only to touch, but to energies of all kinds. In fact, while we process information and energy within our third eye and the solar plexus or gut, we receive the information through our back which acts like a radar dish, constantly scanning for and receiving tremendous amounts of information on all levels of being. This is in part why our guides, angels, and other support beings tend to stand behind us rather than in front while communicating on a regular basis, or why we perceive them as talking over our left or right shoulders. It's also why, when we get the feeling we're being watched, we feel it in the nape of our neck, As we receive data about who is looking and what they intend, we contract our bodies inward unconsciously to protect our soft center while presenting more surface to receive data. The back is also where we park energy in order to get to it later. I call this the the gone-with-the-wind-I'll-think-about-that-tomorrow process. Anything which we don't have time for is too emotionally triggery, is too big for us to handle in the moment or is something we just don't want to face, we shove energetically to the back of our mind, pack it into the energy behind us, and therefore are able to focus forward seemingly unimpeded. I say seemingly because, as we all know, at some point we recognize it takes energy to pack around so much baggage. We've been carrying our own round to it with us all this time and someday has become today. Once we realize the cost, we often begin, gingerly, unpacking the stored energy and working with it. Things stored in our back have physical expression and cause physical reactions like all other akasha. For some, it comes as back issues such as chronic pain, tight or frozen shoulders, migraines, and neck ache but it also affects our ability to receive. If the back is where we're able to perceive the world around us, where we take in information, where the wisdom comes in, where we get message from our guides and angels, then packing it full of unprocessed or unexpressed energy can obscure the signal. We are taught to think of this in purely psychological terms, that our unhealed issues influence how we perceive the world, the negativity we hold on to is what we're manifesting into being, and if we could just release negative habits, we would experience a brighter, happier, and more peaceful life. In some ways, this is true, because the mind is not separate from the soul, emotions, or body. However, not everything can be healed through mental processes. The clearest example of this is something as common as massage. Most, if not all, massage therapists experience clients who are emotionally triggered through what appears to be an innocuous process, such as having pressure put on a shoulder muscle or deep tissue work on a calf. Sometimes the emotions are seemingly random, not connected to any memory or issue. Sometimes the massage process triggers a memory, seemingly disconnected from the person's current life, day, or situation. To live holistically is to recognize we don't just need to treat our body well by feeding, exercising, and resting it, but to see it as the embodiment of our soul. It's the means by which we, as spiritual beings, experience the world, and is a fully integrated and equal partner with our soul. It is formed and informed by Akasha and contains a wealth of Akashic wisdom, we can tap into in any given moment. Creating a positive relationship with our bodies is the first step towards accessing it. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be talking about two things which will greatly improve your experience working in the Akashics. Asking and not assuming. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, AkashicReading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to show it some love on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.